0: Okay, I'm here with uh, Governor Bill Graves, President of American Trucking Associations. Thank you for joining us. Sure, Neil. I want to go back to the very start of of your time here at ATA. you were named President, technically not long after the 9-11 terrorist attacks. You you finished out your term as governor before joining in the beginning of 2003, especially for some of our younger viewers. Could you share some of the memories of that time and about the transition from being governor to, to coming on board here at ATA?
1: Well, I remember, Neil, that I was, uh, you know, very pleased, flattered uh, when uh, uh, when I was contacted about the possibility of, of, of coming to, to lead ATA, and yet the conflict, uh, of course, was that I still had about a year and a half to go in my term of uh, office. And, and it was a challenging time for the country, and, and uh, I, I felt a really strong obligation to finish out my term, and yet ATA had a need for uh, a leadership uh, you know, almost immediately, um, and thankfully we were able to work out an understanding with, uh, with Billy Canary that uh, Billy stayed on and served in an inter- interim president's uh, capacity for, for that period of time, and then, and then actually graciously was a, was a big part of the smooth transition that we had in January of 2003, so uh, it, it, it ended up working out as, as well as I could have asked for.
0: So let's fast forward to your first MCNE at the ATA's annual conference uh, in 2003. Um, we're going to put it up, on, a shot of it up on the screen. And uh, Norman Mineta, who was Transportation Secretary, came to the conference at that time and, and spoke and and shared that the Bush administration was uh, opposed to raising the federal fuel tax something that was discussed back then. We talk about the need back in 2003 and even before that, the need to cover future costs of maintaining and expanding highways. Here we are in, uh, uh, all these years later still wrestling with some of these same issues, inability to get the fuel tax raised. How frustrating is something like that over this long a period to sort of feel you have the right, the right answer to get a big problem solved and just can't really uh, get that through. You know, Neil.
1: Uh, Frustration is a is one word that would describe it. I mean, um, you know, as a as a former public official, somebody who, um, as as you know, we've talked about, you know, my efforts to raise my state's fuel tax, uh, not once but twice for our for our uh, transportation program. Um, it's you're almost sad uh, that we've come to this point in in our nation where the you know the politics. Uh, of an issue have, have overtaken, you know, the, the policy considerations on the issue. Um, I simply don't believe anyone actually thinks there's a better way. Um, I honestly don't think that there's a, a, a path forward that devolves the, the federal program to the states. I actually don't think there are. It makes sense to, to raid the, the federal treasury's general fund uh, to supplant, uh, what has traditionally been a user-funded, uh, you know, program. But we're just in a in a toxic political time at this moment and have been now for a number of years. It's been building almost to a crescendo as you are, you know, as we're speaking now. Um, and, you know, we all know that the, the Congressional Budget Office has already scored the current bill if it were to be replicated when the FAST Act now expires. Now they're saying we need to find $100 billion plus of new revenue. Uh, and so even Congress will eventually run out of these these sort of gimmicky, one-off solutions. Uh, and a day of reckoning is coming. Uh, I guess in, in, to a certain extent I feel sad that I won't be mm-hmm. part of uh, helping be part of a solution when that day of reckoning comes.
0: Uh, let's, let's shift to some of the accomplishments uh, of your time here with ATA. Uh, as you begin to look back at your years here, what what are some that stand out?
1: You know, I'd start with uh, just kind of where we are as a federation. Um, uh, there was a time, uh, and I think probably to the surprise of some folks, but but actually the the federation was uh, uh, was not as as unified. And while some would say, well, gee, if if this is an example today of unification, then then boy, I would hate to see it when we weren't. But there was a time when I don't think the the relationship between uh, ATA Washington was all that good with state associations, and of course, as we've seen, the, the, the strength of our advocacy and, and effect of who we are really lies with the, the grassroots of, 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 of state association involvement, and so I think we've come a, a long way uh, in, in how we've repaired and now are utilizing the resources that are available to us from the state associations. Uh, I think we've weathered the storm on a number of key uh, personnel uh, transitions, um, especially over at the Capitol Hill office, and and that's obviously um, sort of where the face of ATA really resides. Uh, As much as we might like to think otherwise, we are an advocacy organization, and and our presence and what we do and how we conduct our business on Capitol Hill uh, is how the members of Congress, uh, you know, see and, and, and know us and, you know, I you know, think we've, we've again weathered some storms but, but, but uh, ably represented this industry um, over these 14 years that I've been here. Uh, we've done a lot of restructuring here internally to ATA. That's not been easy. Uh, it's uh, put a lot of people in some sort of uncomfortable uh, spots relative to having to change the way this organization functions. I think we still have some work to do, and, and and I'll probably be handing off some of that work to my successor. But, uh, you know, I think all in all, in, a, in an environment of, uh, of quite a bit of regulatory overload and and, and difficult political times over on Capitol Hill, we've, uh, we've conducted ourselves pretty well over these 14 years.
0: Besides the fuel tax highway funding, which we touched on, are there any other disappointments of, uh, of things that didn't quite get done? Maybe it's Congress's fault or otherwise. And along with that, there any day or day that stand out of maybe some of the toughest uh, of your time here
1: well you know clearly um, we're uh, you know at work at this moment trying to get ourselves you know to the final across the finish line on our favorite subject hours of service uh, I was terribly disappointed last fall when we ended up with a with a uh, with you know some language missing in the in the in the in the appropriations bill that would have would have uh, have resolved that then and here we are now months later still working on it um, and uh, uh, i mean I, I i'm i'm disappointed that that i haven't found a strategy or a path forward to to more effectively combat the anti-truck groups that that you know exist in this in this country um, you know we have a great story to tell and and you know we preach to the choir here internally all the time about the efforts companies make to operate safely, about the essentiality of what we do to support the economy of this country, about the great men and women uh, who are, you know, part of that that effort each and every day, and yet there have been folks who have successfully created a, a narrative that makes trucking some sort of, you know, bad guy. Uh, and I, I suppose I feel like, uh, you know, I, I should have found a, a way forward, a way to do more to dispel those uh, the uh, the negatives in those those narratives.
0: Uh, I'm going to ask you to project out a little bit. There's a lot of these, a lot of technology buzzwords out there in trucking right now, maybe more than ever before. There's uberization of trucking, which we're still trying to figure out exactly what that is. There's on-demand delivery, the platooning, and autonomous. And it seems every day more and more in the national media, trucking is coming in through some of these technology terms. How do you when you look out? How do you see that this stuff may affect? The future of trucking, and maybe it's in terms of some of the regulations and dealing with companies. Well,
1: you know, you can kind of compartmentalize. I mean, we're clearly uh, excited about um, all of the safety technologies, and and so many of our member companies are are uh, you know embracing, certainly testing, and, and, and trying to understand the uh, the ROI and the and the, and the benefit of of, of of new safety technologies. And I think that'll be a, a wonderful thing because. That'll be part of what will eventually dispel this this narrative I was referring to about you know the, you know our industry and our commitment to safety. Um, I think that that on the on the sort of operational uh, side, both in terms of the sort of the dependability of the of the of the trucks and the trailers and all the equipment that we move, we're seeing a lot of technological advancements that let us uh, know in advance or at least know more quickly how to how to remedy and and, and, and keep keep our trucks rolling. Uh, We're we're doing so much now with monitoring, uh, you know, driver, you know, behavior and performance. Uh, That that nears both uh, benefit on the safety side. Also, uh, I think eventually on the health and quality of life side for for drivers, we have to care about, uh, you know, the the, the lifestyle that our drivers live and, and, and how those technologies perhaps can help us improve the way we utilize them and the way we support them in, in the jobs that they do. So, I mean, you know, the, the logistics, all of the, all of the different technologies that, 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 that make moving freight more efficient and, 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 and dependable, those are all great things. The, the one place that I'm concerned, and it goes back to the, our, our brief conversation about, about highway funding, so many of the technologies now on whether it's autonomous, whether it's driverless, whether there's a driver but not paying quite as much attention or, you know. Or still whether, sorting. Them. Yeah, yeah we're still sorting all those things out. It, it just seems to me like that the way we ultimately take full advantage of those is to have the kind of infrastructure that, that will support them. Uh, we know already that, that some of our OEMs uh, have already developed technologies where you can put a driver in the cab of a, the lead truck and have, you know, in effect dummies follow it along. Um, that's fabulous. That's, that would be wonderful technology to help us overcome some of our our, our driver shortage problems, capacity problems, I mean, uh, safety problems. Uh, and yet the only way you deploy it is if you've got a probably truck-only lane, uh, and, you know, at this moment, I just can't tell you where the money comes from to build truck-only lanes to take advantage of that kind of technology. So I think that's one, one uh, uh, shortcoming or drawback that, that we're going to have to figure out how to overcome.
0: And this may be something the uh, person who uh, is the next president of ATA may have to deal with, so I'll wrap with this. What advice or maybe any warning, warnings you may give the person that ultimately is uh, chosen to select you? to replace
1: you. Well, it's it's uh, like like the economy as a whole, it's a uh, it's an ever changing industry. Uh, you know, growing up as a as a kid, you know, in a very traditional LTL regional regulated carrier, you know, the world looks completely different today. Um, the, you know, the significance of 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 truckload to our economy right now is something you couldn't have envisioned back in the 1970s and you know, here we are. Forty-five years later and, and uh you know they're moving the preponderance of freight in this country. Um, I think the 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 you know, again the level of congestion, so whoever follows me is gonna have to pick up the, the mantle and keep running with the you know the concerns we have about investment and infrastructure. Um but, you know, uh 3PLs and and all these different sorts of of operational configurations that each of our members is engaged in means they have a different view of what policies or what concerns are important to them. Uh, So it's it's harder to sort of, you know, be the one-size-fits-all that ATA has traditionally always been. Um, And yet, you know, every time we end up getting into some sort of squabble that's kind of got a one-off element to it, we, ul- we ultimately end up appreciating that if we can't circle back around and speak with one voice, be united in a, as an industry over on Capitol Hill, our chances of, of our legislative policy, legal success, uh, start to diminish very quickly. So uh, uh, the challenge to the next person is to come in in the midst of a very changing uh, uh, you know, industry and you know, jump right on and, and uh, you know, carry forward.
0: Okay, Governor, thank you for joining us.
1: Thanks, Neil.